My name is Dan Schneider, proud owner of the Washington Redskins football team. In the name of decency, I am asking that you please stop using the name Washington Redskins to refer to your company. Stop? But why? You have no right to use our name to get attention. Uh, the trademark got pulled, so I'm totally free to use the name, actually. Look, don't you see that when you call your organization the Washington Redskins, it's offensive to us? How is it offensive? It's derogatory, Mr. Cartman. It makes us feel like a joke! Guys, guys! I have total respect for you. When I named my company Washington Redskins, it was out of deep appreciation for your team and your people. Well, we don't feel very respected. Real nonsense. Stacks and flim. Show you've been missing. Woo boy. It's a festive occasion. Boy. Turn the music up. Hit the music. Time to be a Commanders fan. It's a party, people. Ah, bringing in real nonsense. Stacks and flam. It's a party, everybody. La fiesta. It's a party. Break out the bubbly. Crack the champagne. Whatever you like. Whatever your vice. Time to indulge. If you're from D.C., you're rooting for the good guys, you should be very happy. The news that broke today, oh, it's all but over. It's all but a done deal. Daniel Snyder, soon, everybody, very soon, probably as soon as maybe the next two weeks, It's going to no longer be the owner of the Washington Commanders. Lawyers are finalizing the final details. And they're going to be ready to hand this team over to a joint group led by Josh Smith. Not mistaken, that's his name. I don't care what the guy's name is. I'll be honest. I'm just happy. It's no longer Mr. Snyder. At the head of our organization. That major decisions no longer go through. A perverted older individual. Takes no responsibility for his actions. We no longer have to worry about. A perverted individual. Suing the fan base. For no apparent reason. Speaking the truth. For wanting what's owed to them. I could have done the timeline. And the timeline was so lengthy, I could have done a whole episode on the start to finish and the egregious actions, ups and downs that this organization has taken during the tenure of Daniel Snyder. But there's no reason to look back, ladies and gentlemen. It is time to look forward into the future. The future is promising. And we're here to bring it to you. Real nonsense. It's real nonsense. That man lasted this long. But neither here nor there. Everyone, let us toast. Let us toast to the good times. Let us toast to the future. Let us remember that we still have hope. Because hope looked impossible last year. Hope looked nowhere near feasible two years ago. And hope, to be honest, didn't know what that was three plus years ago. Things have taken a turn in the proper direction There's a new changing of the guard. There are new powers that be in the driver's seat for the Washington 
football team. I don't care if they change the name. I could care less. I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. Why would I care anymore? Because the cancer has been removed. I don't care. I got a clean bill of health again. I don't care. I don't care what you call me. I got a new shot at life. I don't care. The the point is, Daniel Snyder is no longer in a few days going to officially be, but right now, tentatively, he is no longer the owner of the former Washington Redskins, the temporary Washington football team, and the current Washington Commanders. Let the good times roll. We're going to let some music play. We're going to have a party tonight, man. We're going to celebrate. We're going to talk sports. NBA playoffs in full swing. MLB baseball kicked off. I mean, it's a good time in sports. We're going to talk some Lamar Jackson. He just got the best weapon receiving-wise he's ever had. Or did he? Because that car, they just uh, pulled off the uh, pulled up to him and told him this is his new used vehicle. It's had some, if you check the Carfax, it's had some major accidents in it, so. Well, we'll see, though. But we come back, man. It's going to be a festive show. Spirits are up. Times are high. Let the good times roll, baby. Go, Commanders. I get out of pocket for fun. Ha, ha. When you know that you never know to. Or whatever the saying is, horse in the race, I don't know. I can understand how this is. It may go over your head, but nah, man. You put up with this many years of abuse. Oh, man, we're happy. We finally slayed him, man. He's like the worst final boss. He's like that one game you could just never beat. You didn't want to use cheat codes or anything. You wanted to. Beat him with validity. So you stuck it out. It's finally over, man. It's over. It's over. Well, let me let me stop joking for a second, man. It's finally over. Whew. That was a long road. I mean, just even in my 20 plus years of fandom, it's been a long road dealing with Daniel Snyder. And uh, in the middle of it, a few months ago, years ago, more so years ago, it was like there would never be any end in sight. Um, but, you know, shout out to the powers that be. And uh, this would never have happened without America. Let me, let me say that, too. Without the power of the people, this all started when we pressured him change the name his power broke he was the same guy quoted brazen arrogance letting you know he and these are his words as long as he's the owner he would never change the name from washington redskins remember the same guy that said that same guy that made you that promise ended up changing the name and it changed under his tenure but it seemed like no end in sight but america took a shift america Stop letting people off with certain things. During the pandemic, especially following the uh, the unfortunate uh, situation that happened with George Floyd, 
that marked the beginning of the end for Daniel Snyder. No report could ever take him down. No lawsuit. No amount of truth that was unearthed about Daniel Snyder ever put him in jeopardy of losing his power. But America did. America did. America had enough of that name and all types of prejudice. And that was the first time I think the NFL realized with enough leverage, though this guy is one of the 32, he is not invincible. And let this be a lesson to all the owners. Now, granted, you may need a track record comparable to Daniel Snyder's, which is very hard to acquire. That is extremely difficult to put that kind of resume under your belt with improprieties. But let this be a lesson to the other 31. It can happen. It takes a lot to happen. And it looked like it could never happen. But they'll force you out. America, the NFL, sports in general, enough buzz behind it. Force you out. Snyder ends up selling uh, for a reported number. Right now it's reported, but this is loose. $5.6 billion for the franchise. Gross more than the last franchise sold, which was the Denver Broncos. Tried to get $7 million out of Jeff Bezos. Tried to finesse Jeff Bezos out of an extra billion. I said Millie. Billy, I'm sorry. Tried to get an extra billion dollars out of Jeffrey Bezos. I'm not going to lie. It was a good move, man. I mean, you're doing business. It was a good move. It was cunning. It was classic Dan, too. Especially if Dan had one last parlor trick. It was classic for him to overvalue the team, try to get a king's ransom. Jeff Bezos just pulled the curtain back, hired his own independent group to do a study. They went and took inventory of the entire organization, tried to figure out how it all, how this, this organization is worth $7 billion. Came to find out, it's not. Hey, lean in, listen. Fun fact. Football franchises are not worth $7 billion yet. But you know what Dan tried to make you believe? This is the Washington Commanders. This is the Washington Redskins. This is heritage. You're paying for a spot in D.C. Team in D.C. goes for $5.6 billion. Maybe a little more rounds out to $6 billion. That's nothing to sneeze at. Imagine the unmitigated gall of Daniel Snyder. To think he could somehow... <laughs> and and it, it truly... To, to the root of it, his last move, it, it fittingly summarizes his entire tenure as the owner or majority of his tenure. Is just misappropriating funds, talking out of his ass when it comes to dollar amounts, and thinking he can bamboozle someone one last time. And, and this would have been the biggest bamboozle probably in the history of at least America, maybe the world. If someone got, if someone overpaid for an item, not by a thousand, not by tens of thousands, not by hundreds of thousands, not by millions, not by 10 millions, you get where I'm going. Someone overpaid for a product or an item or the rights to something by over $1 billion. How do you overshoot anything by a billion dollars? Jeffrey Bezos probably looked at that, uh, looked at that rundown sheet and probably let, I mean, Immediately, he said, let me hire my own team. Let me hire some people to go in here and really figure out how much this darn thing is worth. And all he did was really set himself up to let the uh, league know he's a serious competitor, and he's going to be right there when the Seahawks go up for sale. Mark my words, Jeffrey Bezos will own the Seattle Seahawks. When the Seahawks owners finally step down and they're the next team to do it, thank goodness for not re reasons not as bad as Daniel Snyder's, but they're the next team on the docket to sell, Jeffrey Bezos will be the owner of the Seattle Seahawks. Probably in a better situation, starting out. Long-term with our history, bringing the fan base back, it's a revitalization. Maybe long-term it's us, but right now that's a good franchise, good fan base, newer stadium. I mean, 
Would you rather own right now? Which is the the hotter piece of real estate? It's tough to say. But I mean, I can't sneeze at Seattle not being a very interesting franchise to own as well. And if you, and if you happen to be, which none of us ever will, in the shoes of Jeff Bezos, where we have our choice of not one NFL franchise, but two. He's going to do his research, and I think he's chosen Seattle. I think he had the opportunity to come in here, swing his dick around, knock everyone's bid off the table, and overpay if Snyder said that. But even not even overpay, if he just took it up to six million, six point one, six point two, six point three, I still think the other guys probably fold. In all reality, and if it got up that high, that, that was to be honest, one of the last uh, things on Dan bringing Bezos in, saying he didn't want him in negotiations. That's bullshit. You know how you don't want the richest man in the world in on a negotiation of this magnitude? Of course you want the guy with the deepest pockets if you're selling something. I mean, come on. I want to sell my paintings to millionaires. I don't want to be in a room full of blue-collar workers. I want to be in, 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 in a room trying to sell my personal property in a room where funds are, are, are greased and liquidated. Not where guys are scraping up, no offense to Josh Smith, but scraping up the money to or, or the even assets to prove I'm even worth this amount. So, all right, enough of that, though. Enough of the, uh, enough of the commanders. Come back. I'm going to skip the Wizards, man. Yeah, maybe not. We'll do a light touch on the Wizards. Talk some NBA ball, though, mostly. Uh, come back. Stacks and Flynn, real nonsense. One thing, one thing. I came, I saw, I conquered. For record sale, sold out concert. Motherfucker, if you want this encore, I need you to scream to your lungs to so. Welcome to DC. You know where you're at. The USA cap, you're taking a slightly. I'm taking a slightly. Always powered by the amazing Roadcaster Pro. Real nonsense. Stacks and flim. Woo. Glad to have you back. Talk some NBA. I'm not going to spend long on the Washington Wizards. I promise. Uh, But they've rubbed me the wrong way, man. The way they finished their season. Washington Wizards finished finish the season again this season. Under 500. No surprise. That's happened for the last five years. Missed the playoffs once again this season. Again, you should not be surprised. That's happened in the last four of five seasons. Last four or five seasons. Four of five seasons, my apologies. We're able to finish with the record of 35 and 47. And uh, I... I just can't wrap my mind around it, man. 19th scoring offense in the league. Eighth in field goal percentage. 15th in free throw percentage. 17th in three-point percentage. Three-pointers made 21st. I mean, just average all across the board. 14th in rebounds. 14th in assists. 15th turn. I mean, just average all across the board. Bradley Beal throws in a whopping 50 games. This is 32. Bradley Beal, wrap your mind around this stat right here, everybody. Bradley Beal in the last two seasons has missed 91 games. 91 games. Bradley Beal has missed in two seasons. So you know what we did after that contract? Essentially, we told him, you know what, man? We'll give you one year for free. We gave him a prorated year. Down the stretch, that guy was not injured. I don't care what anybody says. They all called the dogs off. They called off every D-League player. They, they called up every D-League player they had. And they proceeded to tank. They proceeded to tank while in position to win a playoff game. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to get emotional about it. I'm not going to really get on them too hard because they don't even deserve it, to be honest. It's too much good going on in the sport of basketball right now to sit here and talk about the Washington Wizards. But let me let you know. Bradley Beal missed another 32 games. 
and had the nerve to say in his exit interview. Well, first of all, Ted Leon, Ted, Teddy tells us that uh, he's disgusted with the franchise. I mean, but how you disgusted with the franchise? How you disgusted with the state of the franchise? And at the same time, you give the call to do all that tanking at the end of the season when you have a chance. Now, granted, are you, when you make the play in, are you going anywhere? No. But the point is, and it's the principle, it's the integrity of the game. The same reason the Mavericks are being investigated. It's something about the integrity of the game. It's something about a competition committee making sure you're not out here just being willy-nilly doing anything. And it, 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 it ricks you as a fan. And it really ricks you as a gambler. That they have the audacity to go out there and lose games on purpose. Or go out there with the intent of losing basketball games. Or the hope of losing basketball games. It is mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. For a chance at a ping-pong ball. I get it, though. But they're not even tanking the right way. That's the problem. Their chance to get number one overall pick is like 8%. You play mediocre all year just to give up at the end. I don't get it. And then for your for your GM to sit there and say they're frustrated and disgusted? No, you're not. That, that call came from the top. Wes Unsell Jr. doesn't make that call without his superiors telling him, hey, we're punching up all these guys from the D-League. Great season, man. We'll see you next year. You're not frustrated with anything, and you're not disgusted with anything. And the only disgusting comment I took away from those exit interviews, really, was Bradley Beal having the audacity to say that he could be in better shape. Nigga, for nigga for $43 million this year, you... <sighs> could be in better shape? What? What? Nigga, what? It's people go to the gym every day. It's people that work, that rehab physical injuries. It's people that get up off their ass every day for not a single center dime, pay money out of their own pocket and their own expenses just for their health and their well-being and their durability. And $250 million ain't enough incentive for you to take care of your body It's hard not to get mad at it, man. I mean, it's just light glossing over the stuff that they got. I got more, but I'm done with them. I'm not even going to get into it. Not going to get into it. Too much good going on in the game of basketball, though, right now. Playoffs kicked off. Uh, play-in game. How do I feel about the play? How does Flynn feel about the play-in game? Uh, I just want to know why. I just want to know why we have a play-on game. I'm, I'm not even going to say. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and say I like the play all, play-in game. I'm not going to sit here and say I don't like the play-in game. I'm going to remain neutral, but I have a very good question. Why the, why the hell do we need the play-in game? That's all. I'm not. It could, it's a good product. It garnered my attention the past two nights. It did garnered my attention sooner than it normally would have, especially for basketball. Instead of that little waiting period that we used to get for the playoffs started, now it's filled with games. But what the hell overall did we need? What is the benefit of the play-in tournament? Except watering down your league now. I'm just going to put my... I'm not a big fan of the play-in tournament. I'm not even going to hide my stance. I'm really not. I I don't understand the benefit of it. Me as a consumer, more basketball. Okay. But I've had 82 games of basketball, and the players are complaining that we already play too many games of basketball. So the solution, I don't even know what the problem was. That's the other thing. There there can't be a solution because there was no original problem. There was no problem with the best eight teams in each conference getting in. There was no problem with that. You know what also wasn't a problem? The East and Western Conference with All-Star Game, but that's neither here nor there. There was no problem with picking some from the East and picking some from the West. The pickup game format was cute. Year one, year two, it was cute. I don't want to see that shit the rest of my life. I don't want to watch pickup game the rest of my life. I want to get back to the old All-Star Game. I want to get back to where Allen Iverson in the, in, at the end of the third quarter and fourth quarter is telling motherfuckers that less hustle. I got money on the line. It's money to be won. It's pride on the line out here. 
Ain't no pride in that pickup crap. I just don't understand the necessity to change the format of the NBA playoffs. I didn't get it. Now, it's always been the way of the league. If you're old like me, you remember the the original format was 5 Seven, seven, seven. Now it's moved to seven, 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 seven. Uh, which is far, and I'm speaking referring to the games played. Used to be round one was the best of five, and then the other uh, subsequent rounds would be played best of seven. Okay, a couple years ago, uh, years back when Gilbert was playing, we upped the playoffs. Round one is going to best of seven. That was a fine tweak and change, and I got the reasoning for it. Didn't have to happen. It was because, you know, more basketball. This is taking more basketball to me to an extreme. We don't need to take it. We're including four extra teams for no good reason to me. There's no good reason a team should be a ninth or tenth seed and feel like they have an opportunity at an NBA championship. I'm going to keep it real with you. There's no reason that out of 82 games played, a 9 seed or a 10 seed can waltz up into a playoff tournament and feel like they got a shot at it all. You didn't even earn a shot at it all. That's the problem to me. You didn't even earn a shot at it all. They lowered the bar so you could participate. I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of of opening it up, letting everybody, what the hell are we going to, it's going to come to a point, if you ever want to expand again, or ever whatever, what are we going to be playing the regular season for at that point? Two-thirds of your league already makes the championship, I mean, makes the playoffs. That is a terrible formula. Two-thirds of the teams. Two-thirds of the teams, and I get it. The money supplements it. NFL's doing the same thing, but NFL and NBA, apples and oranges. Sorry. They're both fruit, but apples and oranges. NFL can kind of do that. People are always sitting on the edge of their seat for a little more NFL. And I'll be honest with you, too. I was just shaking my head at the seeding games. I was shaking my head at, at, at the extra week. The first year the NFL rolled out, week 19. I was shaking my fist at that. Week 18, I apologize. I was shaking my fist because I didn't understand because the first year it happened, it, it happened to only be played and affected seeding. Now, last year, it affected people actually getting in or not getting into the playoffs. And it became, it was it was far more engaging and it was fun. But I can't wrap my mind why the NBA needed to go from eight, ten, eight teams to a play-in game to include other teams. I, don't, I have no idea why the seventh seed, after doing all that hard work, gets treated like the tenth seed. I have no idea. That doesn't make sense to me. That's not fair to me. Years prior, seven seeds got treated like seven seeds, like teams that didn't tank, weren't that good, but they pressed it out and they and they and they stood steadfast all season to earn that spot. Now you're telling me you earn a spot and then you got to play for another spot. When in years past, teams were guaranteed that spot. Now, granted, if you played the play-in between 9 and 10, yeah, that would sit wrong with me. And mathematically, it wouldn't work, but at least it would make more sense that if the 9 and 10, if the two bottom feeders were playing to get in, that seems a little more fair. Doesn't seem fair to me that the seed that's always been allowed to the tournament all of a sudden is up for grabs. Just so we can include some scrubs. Just so we can include under 500 basketball teams. Doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. Doesn't. Do I like the game on TV? Sure. More NBA basketball on TV. Great. Super competitive playoff atmosphere. Great. One and done atmosphere. Great. This shit ain't good for the game. Not, Not overall. Not for the structure. And they're the reverse of baseball. And I'm going to talk about baseball a little more later. But they're trying so much that it's watering down their game. And it's changing what their fans are used to. And they're not catering to the fans that have grown with them. They're looking for new fans. And they really don't care about me. They don't care about 36-year-old Wendell Fleming that doesn't like it. They care about the people that do. Totally fine. 
I could say the same about baseball in reverse. They don't care about 22 or 21-year-old kid that's really never been that into baseball. They don't care that their game is a little too slow for them. They don't care that there's not enough action for those guys. They tend to uh, cater to the baseball purists. And both leagues are wrong. The NFL, every year, they go to players' meet. I mean, the owners' meetings, and they change things every single season. And every season goes by. People hate some of the rules. People like some rules. Majority of people hate the rules. But you know what the NFL does? Covers their ears and says, la, 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 la. And they do not listen. They actively stay alive like a pulse and a heartbeat. They're not overreactionary like the NBA. And they're not too stagnant with their feet in the mud or, or, or dragging cement like the MLB. Baseball and basketball have it wrong. Basketball is too fluent and they don't give enough love to their true diehard fans and their older fans. The fans that really sit there and pay the money to go out there. And the weirdest part, attendance is up. After all this BS that basketball gives you, sitting out, the list goes on. People go out and spend more money than ever to go to a basketball game. So go figure. Maybe I don't know anything. Maybe I'm just a radio host who doesn't know anything. I ain't a fan of that playing game, though. I, 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 because I don't see the need for it. I can't wrap my mind around the need for it. I don't know, man. Last thing on the Wizards, man. If they want to sign Porzingis, uh, I mean, good luck. Good luck. He's going to opt out. He's owed, what, 34 to 37 million, something like that. You think he wants that to play next year when he can just get a whole new contract? He ain't got nothing to prove. They're going. That's my fear. They're going to run it back next year. That's my absolute fear. <sighs> Staying in the NBA. Uh, Pelicans were eliminated from the play-in by the uh, by the Oklahoma City Thunder. And uh, post-game, wrapping up the season, C.J. McCollum re- uh, revealed that he'd been dealing with a thumb injury for the past few, uh, I want to say, weeks or days, and a lingering shoulder injury for a couple weeks. Both are going to require surgery. Why am I bringing this up? Bring it up really because of Zion Williams, who is CJ McCollum's teammate on that team. That, that's counter. <laughs> uh, that's a language farce right there. Teammates on that team. That doesn't make any sense. But anyway, they're teammates. And CJ is revealing that he's going to have surgery after grinding through injury. Zion, earlier this week, has a comment where he reveals that he's physically healthy enough to play basketball, professional. But he's not in enough shape. And instantly, as he, I wish I had the quote punched up, but I don't have it. But maybe coming back from the break, I can find it. But you can hear it in his voice. You can hear when he lets out the words. And I'm paraphrasing, but I mean, I'm healthy enough to play. You can hear a pin drop right after that because he stops his sentences on a dime and realizes what he said, tries to backtrack it a little and then proceeds to be a little bit too much for too much uh, to proceeds to be overly forthtelling once again by revealing that the reason because he couldn't lean on health anymore. I'll be honest, he was in a corner. He couldn't say anything else. He had no other reason to give except the truth. That's his physical conditioning. Just not there. And that's what's holding us up. And that's what I wasn't able to get back in shape for. Now, to his credit, he had a soft tissue lower body injury, which is not going to allow you to stay in the best physical condition possible for the game of basketball. Cardio is the most important aspect to the game of basketball cardio is the most important aspect in the game of basketball if you're not in shape to play basketball 
Who cares you're the best? You can be LeBron James. If you can only log 14 minutes a night, I don't care. Don't care, son. Don't really care how good you are, and you'll never be great. Endurance, cardio, stamina is the most important resource. Pro NBA starters, supreme players can lean on. Skill, all that stuff is great. If you don't have the wind to stay on the court, what the hell does it matter? This ain't baseball. This ain't football where subs are more free. This ain't hockey where you got six lines of players. This is basketball where 40 minutes a night. 40 minutes a night, and if you're too tired to play and you're out of shape, the other team's going to make an example out of you because you can't defend. Cardio is the hands down. Cardio is the electricity that runs the appliances in an NFL home. I mean, an NBA home. Cardio keeps the lights on. All the other gadgets and tools, fine. I'm not moving in a house without electricity. It can be the best house you ever seen. I'm not moving in. You can give me a mansion. I can't move in if you tell me the lights will never come on. I got to pass. Got to pass. But he reveals that cardio... Since I'm paraphrasing, but his, his his conditioning is what's holding him back. Like these new athletes, these new age athletes have no shame. That comment blew me away. But if you've seen him lately, I mean, you can see it. He doesn't look like a professional athlete. And you don't have to have a chiseled frame. You don't have to look, you know, a certain percent body fat. I mean, this guy just really does not look like He's investing the time and the effort into making sure his body is in perf- in, 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 in peak performance uh, shape. He just doesn't. He just doesn't. He looks bigger every time you see him. Every time you see Zion, he looks bigger and bigger and bigger as far as his weight. I'm blown away by those comments. Absolutely floored. We come back. We stay in the NBA. I got a fun, uh, fun little exercise. I'm going to give you the top 10 players that I trust that are left in the NBA playoffs. Do a top 10 list. Then come back, talk some draft too. Where I think all the best landing spot for all four of the big name quarterbacks are this season in the NFL. We're going to talk about Lamar Hurts. Lamar Hurts. It's actually a good teaser. Jalen Hurts is set to get paid. Lamar Jackson should be worried. If he's not, I truly don't know what he's got going on over there. Because I'll be honest, for poker, Lamar, he'd be great at poker. (laughs) He'd be great at poker. Uh, how he's thriving though, how he's getting through it, only time will tell. But uh, neither here nor there. Don't sweat it. But we come back. Uh, real nonsense. He the top ten players I trust the most that are still playing ball right now in the NBA playoffs. Real nonsense. Stacks. Who are we? Nonsense, stacks and flow. Bring it back to you. Hey, Daniel Snyder's gone. They go to 911. Ain't that? Oh, man. Woo, it's a party, baby. Party up. Party up. <laughs> All right.
top 10 players that I trust that are remaining in these NBA playoffs. Now, let me tell you this. This list is compiled of players that I trust that are remaining. This is not the necessarily top 10 best players remaining. A few factors that I took in as well. Games played throughout the season. I, I trust dependability. I, pff, dependability, I could argue, is the foundation of trust. So games played this year was a heavy factor for me. And then overall performance, longevity of performance. And... Uh, just your performance this season, to be honest. Also weighed into this, but first time doing this segment, so it's going to have some kinks and some bumps in it, but give it a shot. I'm going to give you the top 10 guys. I wish I had the Colin uh, sound bites. Number 10. Number 9. I might can do my own, but uh, so here we go. At number 10, I got De'Aaron Fox. Sacramento Kings. And you saying Flem? How can you trust De'Aaron Fox? His first playoff appearance because of the season this young man's had. He's played good enough to be a first-team All-Pro. The kid is lights out, man. He's played 73 games for the Sacramento Kings, averaged 25 points a game, and shot the ball from the field at a 51% clip. He's done nothing every season except improve on all four major statistical categories. He is on his way to superstar status. All he does is get better and better and better. He is improving each and every year. This was his come out year. And this is also he's also the number uh the leading scorer or number one score on the um best offense in the league. The highest scoring offense in the league, the Sacramento Kings night in and night out. He is the cog that keeps them moving. I trust De'Aaron Fox. I trust De'Aaron Fox to give whoever they play in the first round. I didn't quite look at it, but they're going to give them a show and everything that they're asking for. They are not going to be a pushover. And the the large part of it, it's going to be because of him. It's going to be because of Fox and the way that they played all season and their ability to go ahead and keep getting after them, keep getting after teams. Number nine, Jalen Brunson. Same as Fox, improved every year he's been in the season. I mean, been in the league, but took a monumental jump once he got from under Lucas Shadow. Took a monumental jump this season. Played 68 games for the New York Knicks. Rarely sits out. 24 points per game. Shot the clip. Shot the ball at a 49% clip. Shot the three-point ball at 41%. Wrap your mind around that. Kid's reliable. He's there every night and shoots the ball at a high. High, high clip. Only thing he's doing is improving. Uh, I mean, all his stats go up. And that and that's kind of what I look for, especially in trust. This is this kid's moment. He's been in the playoffs before with Luka, but he was under another star's shadow. If Randall does not smother him, he'll be fine. Look out for the Nets. I mean, the Knicks, my apology. Watch out for the Knicks. Don't watch out for the Nets. Uh, <laughs> watch out for the Knicks, though. Uh, two all-star players. Two uh, potential all-pro players playing on the same basketball team. That's a team I just don't want to see, especially coming out of the East, which is not necessarily the strongest conference. Number eight, give me Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown about to get paid, man. His year, career year. Again, another guy that just always gets better. He's kind of peaked a little bit to me, but that's not a knock on him. He's still a top player in this league. He still played good enough to earn all pro honors, just like the Celtics. Two players, uh, just like the Knicks, my apologies. Celtics also have two players that are worthy of being all pros this season. Uh, Jalen Brown, 63 games played, shot the ball at 49% for a shooting guard, 26 points a game, seven rebounds, and honestly one of the best two-way players in the league. Doesn't get enough credit, to be honest. Will he ever be a top 10? Will he ever be a, uh, you know, a, 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 a franchise guy, 1A guy? I don't think so. But, I mean, you're hard-pressed to find a better basketball player than Jalen Brown. You really are. You are hard-pressed to find a better basketball player 
It's not many in the world, and that kid has nothing to hang his head about. It's probably 10 to 12 better players on the entire planet than Jalen Brown. He's got nothing to hold his head down about. Nothing at all. That kid is good. All he does is improve. Solid player. Plays both ends of the court. I mean, I don't know. If that's not trust, I don't know what it is. Number seven. Give me Julius Randle. Been around. He's just a veteran. And I trust veteran bigs, especially once it comes to playoff time. Rasheed Wallace, uh, you know, Tim Duncan. And I'm not saying Julius Randle is on the level of these guys. But, t- I mean, you got Tim Duncan's, David Robinson's. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. Chris Webber's. I mean, historically, historically, you can trust a very good power forward, especially one that can produce big men. I don't care what this league gets like. There's still going to be a place, especially for a freak of nature like Julius Randle, who molded his game, did not come into this league as a three-point shooter, was able to shoot the three ball this year at a um, 35% clip, which is great for, for especially for the volume. He averages eight three-pointers a game, just attempted. Uh, double-double player, played 77 games for a guy that plays down low. 25 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, I mean, you know, what else do you want? How can you not trust Julius Randle when the games tighten up? So that, that's just my opinion. Uh, I mean, you got the you got veteran leadership. You got hard play. I, mean, I don't know. To the root of it, as, as wide open as the game is during the regular season, as Euro as the game is during the regular season, this is time for guys like Jalen Brown. I mean, uh, Jalen what the fuck is this guy's name? Jesus, Julius Randle. My apologies. This is time for guys like that. The game is going to shrink. It's going to come down to every possession matters in the game already. That's going to just inflate. I just need a big I can trust on my team. I just put it that way. It's even the small ball league. Give me, give me Julius Randle. Uh, then I'm going to speed some of these up. Uh, Nicole Jokic, all I'm saying, the guy averaged a triple-double. He's a point center. I'm not even getting into it. He should be higher on this list, to be honest. I should trust him more, but I haven't seen it yet. But, I mean, you're talking about players and, and the, the X factors I'm putting in here. I mean, he played 77 games. I mean, for, for his size, stature, to play 77 games. I mean, come on. You, you, you know. Zion's got got problems. You don't think a guy built like Nicole Jokic has problems? You don't think those knees and shoulders are, are, are killing that man every night? He has the triple-double. Enough said. Number five, Jason Tatum. Uh, played 74 games this year. Averaged 38-5. and five. We all know Tatum. No need to stay on that. Shot 46% too, uh, from the field. Joel Embiid, 33-10 and 10 guy. Shot 54% field goal percentage. Come on, man. Making 55% of his baskets. Joel Embiid. You can always depend on Joel. Uh, then around this list out, the um, the um, the usuals. Steph Curry, 29 points a game this year. LeBron James, number two for me, 28, uh, 8, and 7. Just amazing. Freak of nature. Shot the uh, field goal percentage at 50% as well. And then Giannis. Atatakumbo. Giannis, to me... Field goal percentage was 55% this year. Made 55% of his buckets. Only missed 45% of his shots. Wrap your mind around that. Only missed 45% of his shots. If he shot more, he'd probably be scoring more. Wrap your mind around that. If he brought that percentage down by 5%, which is a big number, and shot even more, he'd probably average close to 43, 44, 45 points a game. That's my list. Honorable mentions who did not make it that are going to have you shaking your damn fist. And uh, listen, it's about trust. Kawhi Leonard, man, he's, he's an honorable mention. The reason he's not on my list, I can't trust him. I can't trust the guy that shows up to work at 4 p.m. and tells the coach, you know what? I don't think I'm playing today. I think y'all will be all right. I know you were expecting me to play, but... It's pretty late, and I just decide I, I will sit this one out. Can't do it. KD, too injured this year. Also, mentally, I, I've seen him I've seen him on good teams. i never seen him carry one, per se. Uh, not, not to the promised land, put it that way. Trust worries me about him. Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell's my 11. That's the only thing. It just wasn't enough spots for Donovan Mitchell. 
I, I don't have a knock on Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell made Cleveland basketball relevant. The only man that's ever done that in the history of Cleveland basketball has been LeBron James. Now, you know who else has done it? Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. So, but he just didn't fit on this list. But I, I'm not knocking Donovan Mitchell's game. I love me some Donovan Mitchell. I'll be honest with you. I mean, what's not to like? What's not to like about an uber-aggressive two-guard that had a career year this year and proved that it's him that can drive a winning cog? Traded him away, thought he was a problem, couldn't get him. They decided to keep Rudy. Rudy, I don't know what the plan was out there, but my point being, all he did was land in Cleveland and make them a contender. So, SGA, just too young. Holler at me next year. Great year, though, this year. Just a little too young for me. I got to see it more for trust. And John Morant. John Morant should be on this list. I'm going to be honest. A lot of you guys, you, a lot of you guys will take John Morant over majority of my back half. Probably up to Joker. Not you. Uh, You know, just not me. Not me, not yet. Got to see the kid win a playoff series. Um, Put a little more up under his belt. Before I give him the trust factor But uh It's my list And uh I see how now you get a lot of controversy And How doing the top 10 lists are very hard It's, it's way more than 10 players in all leagues You can never narrow really anything down to 10 It'd be hard to name 10 of the best restaurants To be honest Once you put enough thought into it But neither here nor there Got that out the way Come back. We're going to get out of here. Uh, talk some draft. Figure out where these kids should land. I had some MLB on the slate. And I'll just get that out the way now, too. Uh, listen, baseball had a problem. where they And I hinted at this earlier with the NBA. It's the reverse problem of the NBA. Baseball didn't change enough stuff. Over time. Baseball thought that their shit didn't stink. That they were too good to listen to people. Their game really sucked. For a long time It really did To purists it didn't But to the casual fan It sucked It was hard to intake It was hard to sit there and watch You could sit and watch a baseball game For three innings And the most exciting thing that happens And this is still true to this day To this day The most exciting thing After watching a baseball game For three innings Is a pop fly To center field And someone's out The hope that one of them Might have went over the wall Now They addressed a lot of those this year with the shift rule, allowing more players to steal bases. And they addressed a lot of problems uh, with the pace of play, with the pitch clock. Fans instantly loved it. Problem is, they lost a lot of their early fans because they stopped watching and caring. They didn't grab people like me in my youth to baseball because they didn't care to change the game to make it more entertaining. I commend them for finally doing what they feel is going to bring more eyeballs to the game. I am telling them they are way late trying to get eyeballs to the game because they still haven't addressed the overall problem. The overall problem, yes, the pace of play is up, and that's made it a little more exciting for nerds like me. But everyone's not a nerd like me. Everyone's not going to take the time to sit there and really give a damn about baseball because at the root of it, the problem still exists. It's not exciting enough. Too much time still goes by, even if you shorten the time, that not enough entertaining things are happening. If you want to look at me and look at like pitch mechanics and, and location and all these other stupid things, sure. Game's great. You know, you don't need, but that the majority of the fans aren't me. You see this now in, in the takeover in sports. More women fans and more women avid sports fans than ever before. There's a perfect all kids have phones now. Views come from anywhere. Their product, even, even to watch them. Their MLB access network is $200 to, to watch the game. It's an inordinate price. Even if you bundle it. It's so expensive to even watch the games. They're so exclusive. They don't stream Nats games on on YouTube TV or or the streaming networks. You can only get it through cable because they have an awful deal with Masson. I mean, they haven't addressed still the fundamental issues. Does the game seem funner this year? Yes. Yes, it does. 
That's not going to get them fans. It's not going to get them fans. And unless they get more balls in play, it's never going to be the kind of game that really attracts people. The casual fan, I should say. It's just not. It's just not set up that way. It's set up to be boring and mundane and long and drawn through. It's set up that way. And this year was the first year they finally got off their high horse and said, we're going to listen to people and do something different, which I commend them for, but I'm not going to keep quiet and I'm not going to shut up that it was probably a lot too late. All the fans they lost for years. The, their most their most touted heyday is the, is the steroid era, but the, but the, the underline to that. Why? Look at the why, though. Let's not focus on that the guys were cheating. Let's look at why that was probably the 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 era entrenched in, 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 in people, especially my age's minds, who really weren't baseball fans, but who can remember those nights vividly and who were turning in uh turning their channels to Fox to watch Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa go at it. It's because the offense was unbelievable during that time and stretch. Balls were in play. It was not boring or mundane. And you gathered casual fans. You need more homers. You need less pop flies. You need less strikeouts, to be honest. To be honest. They need to open that game up, man. They need balls in play. And that'll, that'll, that'll bring fans. But, I, you know, great job this year finally listening to what people want. But you only gave people half of what they want, I'll be honest. It's still the same game at the root of it. It's just played a little quicker, which was a big thing. Don't get me wrong. That was big. That was people's biggest gripes. Baseball games now are down two hours and 40 minutes this season. They were four-hour and three-minute games last year. They were five-hour baseball games last year. Think about being at a park for five hours. Thinking about buying a ticket for a 2 o'clock start. And you're not getting home to 9 p.m. Think about that. So, granted they took two steps forward, but they still took a step back. They've still got work to do. They've still got all those fans that they lost over the years because they would not change. Talk some draft, get out of here. Real nonsense, stacks. Cloud chasing what? I'ma stay down and be patient. Real Gula baby, Eastside Mamie. Real street baby, I'm getting it. Round with a 50. Call me Mr. Teflon, boy, why you had to diss me? Since you doing, I live. Right <laughs> Are you ready? Oh. Is you ready? Ready? You say you ready? Oh. Whole squad ready? Ready? Is you ready? Huh? Are you ready? Ready? Is you ready? Whole squad ready. We came here to see Jeff. What you got? Real nonsense, stacks. Bro. All right. So, NFL draft into April. My favorite, one of my favorite sporting events. I'll be honest. I'm a draft guy. Now that's my favorite thing to do. Is draft like when fantasy drafts come around? Um, I love the science behind drafting. I love the strategy. I love the being on the clock. I love the sweat. I love the pursuing value, team building. I love drafting. I really do. I really do. I'd like to trade draft picks in fantasy drafts, to be honest. I haven't found a league that, that's okay with that, but I would love to trade draft picks. I'd love to get the first overall, go ahead and trade back, stay in the first, get a second and a third. Somebody can take the number one overall. I'd do that in a heartbeat. I'd do that in a heartbeat. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I love the draft process, though. It, it's 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 a science to it. Um, it's fun. 
you know, scouting. It it it's it's it to me. I just enjoy it, you know. So people like it's like people who do crossword puzzles. Like, you know, what joy do they get out of them? Who knows? But you know, they, they get something out of them. So that's why I like. Them. But anyway, uh, I was gonna talk a little Lamar, maybe a little bit. So Lamar Jalen Hurts, uh, Jalen Hurts is scheduled to get paid this season. He's gonna get paid. Don't 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 get me wrong. Uh, he's probably, and this I'm getting from Colin Cowherd, going to reset the market for mobile quarterbacks. This is the worst thing that could happen to Lamar Jackson. Another quarterback getting paid, but much less uh, a quarterback who pretty much, if you just, you know, lack of better terms here, landed on this planet and we describe roles. Uh, he's more similar to Jalen Hurts than a lot of the other guys that have been paid recently. Uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, averages 11 runs a game. But he's been good. He's been dinged up, too. Not to the extent of Lamar as much, but been dinged up. Um, Lamar, he just can't be on ice this long, man. And I, everybody talks about Lamar. I don't want to see him talk about Lamar, to be honest. I, it's a nauseam to me. I mean, you just sign the kid or, you know, let's just let's just see with Lamar. Like, I'm, I'm really done talking Lamar. But uh, just to touch on that point really quick, like, I mean, you're going to let another person pass you by who has a Super Bowl appearance on their resume. He's really going to reset a, a, to, a, to a mark you're not going to be able to reach. So, I don't know what Lamar does, uh, but I can tell you this. If Jalen gets paid before Lamar, you think things are ugly now? <laughs> I mean, the market is literally going to seize up. He's, you think? Let's say he's at tier... Let's say he doesn't... Let's just... This is all hypothetical, but let's say he's at tier two, tier three. He drops the tier four money once he resets that market. Because then you're still banking on who but Justin Fields becomes. If Trey Lance gets healthier again. Like guys that actually run around, how are they going to look? So. But landing spots, uh, four rookies. I'm just going to do the four uh, top quarterbacks. I'm not going to actually include. Uh, well, no. I'll include maybe five then. So we're going five. Um, let me just pull up the draft order. Let's go five quarterbacks, and we're gonna look at the uh, the best landing spots uh, for these teams. I mean, for these uh, for these young guys. Uh, of course, Carolina has the number one overall pick. Um, all right, here we go. So NFL draft order coming up this year. So, all right, first round, uh, Carolina Panthers. I'll just start at the top. Carolina Panthers. To be honest, if it. If it were me, it's C.J. Stroud. Uh, that's just me personally. C.J. Stroud, um, he's checking all the boxes. But I'll be honest, I do think they're going to go Bryce Young. And this is why. They've already had a quarterback similar to C.J. Stroud. And that's Sam Darnold. Now, let's not do the thing where, oh, Sam Darnold sucks. and uh, yeah, I, We get it. You know, Sam's had a rough go at it. But if we're just talking about play style, him and CJ and Sam played very much alike. Pocket guys, same structure, uh, same build, good mechanic guys. But they're a little dependent to uh, the weapons and teams around them, like all quarterbacks, but... Their play style is is very similar. CJ's not out there running around, extending plays. Their play style is very similar. It's mundane. When they're clicking, they they just look not average. They look average. They look average when they're clicking. And this is not a knock on either one of those guys. They look like they're able to do their job when they're clicking. And when things are off, they look thrown out of whack. And that's true like all quarterbacks, but, I mean, a good game for those guys looks effortless. And a bad game for those guys looks like, ah, we need an upgrade. And that's where they find themselves. uh, And they find themselves in that realm. But I do think they'll go Bryce Young because they've already experimented with a player that they feel like may have a ceiling. Bryce Young's ceiling is, is really out there. I think because everyone's so, fo- well, maybe it's just me, but maybe because some are focused on uh, 
A, you know, A, his his overall stature, but B, too, that he didn't have the longest stint at Alabama, and he did seem like he was primed for some room for growth, especially with some NFL coaching up under him. So I know he's getting a tier of that at Alabama, but there's nothing like a tier of guys that are actually in the league. But for the sake of this one, uh, best landing spot would be Bryce Young because I think this staff buys into Young a lot more than Stroud. Again, they've seen a they've seen a similar player to CJ Stroud. Uh, number two, the Texans by force and by Lovey Smith. They're gonna have to take CJ Stroud. Make no mistakes about it. Stroud is the second best quarterback in this draft, possibly first, honestly. Honestly, I'm I'm totally okay with the way CJ Stroud plays. Uh, just to get through this, I think the Indianapolis Colts take a quarterback. This is a tough one. Colts, best landing spot, Hendon Hooker, Indianapolis Colts. Hendon Hooker. Solid quarterback, indoor, won't expose that arm for uh, only half the season. Uh, Yeah, I just just like Hendon Hooker to the Colts, indoor. I'm going to speed through this one. Uh, Seahawks, I think, um, uh, Richardson. Anthony Richardson, I would say. Just because he's got time to sit. You know, Carroll's going to be in no rush to play him. Great organization. They're going to put weapons around him. They're going to invest in the kid. Um, and then Will Levis. Detroit Lions. Yep. Be Will Levis to the Lions, man. Sit, learn behind golf. Big arm, indoors, kind of mobile. And you could do a lot worse than Will Levis if you're the Lions at number six. But I've got uh, if it and it's not gonna shake out this way. But out of the top six picks, I got five quarterbacks going. But I do think these are the best landing spots. Atlanta's kind of odd, man. Looking out, they got to figure something out. And Texans got another uh, Texans could pass Put a package together And trade back up Be honest If I'm the Texans I'd be talking either Arizona or Indianapolis To get up to number three or four I'd be packaging that other trade Because then I'm really in business I can get the best defensive player on the board And a quarterback off the board But uh, maybe that's just wishful thinking But um, we'll go ahead and wrap this show up Appreciate you listening, as always. Real nonsense. I'm powered by the amazing Roadcast Pro. Stacks and Flim always coming at you. Bringing in that progressive sports talk. Sports talk that you love. It's just kind of a little different than those other shows. We're not buttoned up. We're not wearing suits and ties. We don't need button-up shirts. No, 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 no. Blue-collar work for blue-collar people. That's us. We'll get back at you. And, uh, yeah, real nonsense. Stacks and Flim. I'm so awesome. I'm so fucking awesome. Ah!